three. It's all good, baby, baby. Welcome. What is up? It is the Football Life Presents the Audible. We are back. It is Tuesday, March 9th. I'm here with Matt Bushnell on Franchise Tag Day. Busy, busy day in the NFL. But Matt Bushnell, I'm sure you want to get out off your chest. Just tell us how incredibly bad the weather is in Arizona right now. Man, it is torture down here. It's 80 degrees. I'm sweating. Um, actually, I'm sorry, right now it's 74. It cooled off a touch from the past two days. So it's been hot. It's been windy. No one's been hitting home runs in spring training baseball. <laughs> I mean, it has been miserable, Randy. Absolutely miserable. Well, it's because they stopped juicing the balls. It's not because of the weather in Arizona. Come on now. Oh, come on. That's not fair. <laughs> we don't juice balls down here. <laughs> That's all right. Well, you know, some of your warmth is making it over to the capital region in upstate New York because we reached 50 degrees today for the first time since November. Not to brag, but it's getting serious over here. The snow is almost fully melted. It is an exciting time here in the Northeast. And it's going to be 60 tomorrow and Thursday. So this has been your weather report on football ever since the Audible. But we have a ton of news to talk about. We're going to get to a couple fun segments. If you have an active player on your team that you think is going to make the Hall of Fame, chances are we're going to talk about it. Uh, and then we have free agency memories between our teams, the best signings, the worst signings. And I want you guys to get involved too in the comments section and tell us uh, some of your free agency memories and how excited you were when a player signed and then it ended up not working out because let's face it, we all have those uh, in our pasts. But anyway, uh, before I hopped on Donk City last night, Matt Bushnell, breaking news happened. Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys signed a massive four-year, $160 million extension look jerry jones said he wanted to extend Dak. he put his money where his mouth is and now he's got his franchise quarterback locked up not for the next four years for the next six years because technically the cowboys franchise tagged him for this year so this contract doesn't even go into effect until next season yeah i <laughs> it's good that he's got that security you know Dak suffered that horrific injury everyone saw it and for him to be able to still get paid and show his importance I don't think this is a bad deal, Randy. I know a lot of people will criticize Dallas for doing this deal, but we saw how bad it was with Andy Dalton. I mean, the red rifle was absolutely horrific. One of the worst turnouts I've seen in a long time from a, a team that, you know, you seemingly always criticize the quarterback. And then we saw how truly important Dak was. So this Cowboys team, they had to do the deal. Even if you think he's not that top five quarterback, the fact that he's still, you know, probably top 10 numbers wise, I, I don't think you take that away from him. He was putting together an all time great season. And Randy, I, I did this little bit of research today. QBR, Dak Prescott has ranked in the top seven in QBR for each, but one year, only one year in his career, he didn't rank in the top seven in the NFL in QBR. Well, look, I, I play – my team plays against Dak Prescott twice a year uh, for the last few years, and I, I, I have no issues with Dak Prescott. He has proven that he is a top-ten quarterback in the NFL. I think where you have to worry about this a little bit is that you have $126 million guaranteed on this contract, which is quite a bit of money. Uh, his signing bonus is $66 million, and that's the most ever in NFL history. Uh, and he has $75 million due in the first year. So they better hope he gets healthy fast. So that's going to be a lot of money thrown out the, the window because he is coming off of a dislocated ankle, I believe is what it was. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it, it averages out to be about $40 million a year, which is second among quarterbacks in the NFL, only behind Patrick Mahomes. The, when you have a quarterback like Dak Prescott, at least if, if you – like what we say, he's a top-10 quarterback. 
you kind of have to keep him. I know it's hard to, and if this is the, this is the problem with paying quarterbacks, it's hard to win with a guy that you've paid a ton of money to. You've seen it, Carson Wentz. You've seen it, Kirk Cousins. You, you, every time there's a quarterback who makes a bunch of money, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Tom Brady's the guy who like is everyone always points to. We're like, oh, he doesn't make all the money, and he's the one that always wins. It's it's partially true because it's harder to build a roster around the guy when you're paying him twenty five percent of your cap. Uh, it's easier to win when you're building around a guy on a rookie deal. But look, Dak Prescott's 28 years old. He's been in the league since 2016. He deserved to get paid. Uh, I'm happy that he got paid. I'm happy for him that he got paid. And, and good for Jerry Jones for not being a cheap bastard for his entire life. But I think it hurts the Cowboys' chances of putting around a consistent winner around him in, in the near future. It just goes back to the same thing that it always that's always gone back to. Whether you have a quarterback that you're paying a crap load of money to or you have other guys that you're playing, you're paying a crap load of money to is how do you draft? You, you have to hit on draft picks. That's how championship, how championship teams are built. We get really excited about free agency. Everyone does, you know, you want that big name, but in reality, if you hit on your draft picks, you're much more likely to be successful. How are the chiefs able to be so good for so long? It's because they've drafted some really, really good players that everyone else ignored. And it doesn't have to be first-round picks, Randy. First-round picks are pretty damn important, but you got to hit on those second, third. And if you can get those fourth and fifth-round gems, you're really in business. So you get that, lucky with Tyree Kill in the fourth round, too. That helps, too. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that definitely helps. So that's what Dallas has to do now. They have to shift their focus and re-strategize where their cap dollars go. I know they got Jalen Smith under contract, uh, Demarcus Lawrence, that offensive line has a lot of money tied into it. That's coming off the books. So you really got to start focusing your priorities on the draft. You take a, a team like the Rams, for instance, they have a quarterback, a cornerback and a all world defensive tackle outside of that. Yeah. A lot of okay pieces. Yes, but they draft well later in the later in the draft, and they developed guys really well, and that's where the Rams are ahead of other teams. Where they don't teams don't like do a great job of developing guys that they take later in the draft. So, um, you know, the Cowboys are going to have to get working on that. And I think the Cowboys' offense has a ton of potential here with Dak in the future, but their offense is what has to be good here because the defense is so bad. <laughs> they have spent the least amount of money on their secondary than any team in the NFL. And look. I just don't know if I'm will, like, I don't, I don't understand the thought process here when you're, you lock down Dak Prescott. And obviously I, I think that's the right move, but now you're handing the keys to Dak in this potentially high powered offense to Mike McCarthy. <laughs> and Mike McCarthy is going to end up preventing this team from ever reaching any sort of potential that they might have, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, the coaching hire is one that I agree with you. There's nothing with this coaching that makes me feel good about where this team's going to go. You're right. Between the defense, Jerry Jones meddling, and really a lot of that money tied up into your offense and your defense not really dynamic enough to make a huge impact, not a huge fan. Yeah, and, you know, look, I don't think the NFC East is a strong division. I don't think that's a hot take by any means. So I think the Cowboys are in a position to, uh, I don't want to say run the division, but kind of control the division for the next few years, unless Washington – 
can find a quarterback, and then I think ultimately they could run the division. Or if somehow Daniel Jones starts to put things together, the Giants could have a chance. But uh, the Cowboys have a lot more talent on all, on one side of the ball than any other team in the division. Washington's close with the defense. I think that's fair. And if they had a quarterback, I would really make a strong case for Washington because I like their coaching staff a hell of a lot more too. So we'll see what happens. Right now, the Cowboys are in a good space to at least you know win the division a few times. I don't know how much it's going to go past that, but ultimately you make the playoffs and anything can happen. Uh, all right, so the Dak Prescott uh, domino has fallen in this quarterback carousel in 2021. Uh, and this might be some good news for you, Matt Bushnell, because one of the teams on uh, Russell Wilson's potential list, if he were to request a trade, which wink, wink, he hasn't, uh, was the Dallas Cowboys, which means that three teams remain, uh, which would be the Bears, your Chicago Bears, the Saints, and the Raiders. Now, there's no uh, – uh, an indication that the, the Raiders are interested at all. The Saints are in cap absolute hell because they have, I mean, as long as Drew Brees is still under contract, which he still is, uh, they just can't make anything work. But the Bears in a bad cap situation, but they could fix it quickly if it meant, hey, Russell Wilson's going to be your starting quarterback. Uh, I'm sure they can make that happen, Matt. What's the latest on Russell Wilson now? And I mean, I, I guess something, some news happened in Bears land today, and then Russell Wilson might have posted something uh, subsequently with that news. What happened? Yeah, well, our all-pro, all-world, number one wide receiver, Allen Robinson, got franchise tagged, which for him, not so good. For Bears Nation, really good. You have to work out a long-term deal with this guy. He's, I think what separates him from a lot of wide receivers, Randy, is that he doesn't have that diva attitude. It's very workmanlike, quiet, just goes about his business, but he produces. You don't have to worry about a lot of the headaches with Allen Robinson, which is fantastic. Then we need to start taking a look at, okay, what do the Bears, what does a deal for Russell Wilson look like for this team? And why not the Saints? Why not the Raiders? The Raiders, Derek Carr, every, everything that we hear, that we hear and that we talk about, the Raiders are not looking at Derek Carr as what's holding them back. They're looking at their defense as being the issue. They went toe-to-toe with the Chiefs twice and they put up, points. Derek Carr was not a huge issue. Josh Jacobs didn't have a great year last year. Derek Carr, you can make a case, really carried that offense for long stretches. Then the Saints, there's just no way out of this for them without just decimating. And if you trade Russell Wilson, you know, if you get Russell Wilson on your team, that's a significant cap hit. That's 34 million. I don't think it's 34 million this year, but a dead cap hit of 39 million for who he gets, you know, for Seattle when they trade him. And then you have to figure out the roster construction and the money that you take on from Russell Wilson, which I believe is 28 or 30 million. So, so something around that ballpark. So you got to make that work. It's just not feasible for the saints that they can't field a team with Russell Wilson. They can cut guys, but really realistically, you're going to cut your whole roster at that point. So that really just leaves the Bears being financially able to do this because it can take a reconstruction of a couple of guys' salary, Cody Whitehair, Eddie Jackson. You know, obviously you can trade out some guys like Akeem Hicks, who has a $12 million cap hit or, you know, cap number, but there's no penalty. You trade them, there's no penalty on Akeem Hicks. So that's $12 million off your books. They're, they're cutting Bobby Massey, so that's – I think a $6 million save. So the bears can make this work. What makes it, what makes it interesting, Randy, is that I've heard today that the bears and Seahawks were discussing parameters of a June 1st trade. And why is a June one trade interesting? 
because Russell Wilson's cap hit goes from 39 million to 17 million. Wow. So it decreases for Seattle by $22 million. And the other piece, Cleo Mack has a $34 million cap hit for the Bears Oof. if they trade him. June 1st, he has a $21 million cap hit. Okay. So Let's see what could be going on here. The numbers work better for both teams come June 1 because all the bonuses are paid out. The cap hits are not as bad. So I think if anything, you're looking at a June 1st trade for Russell Wilson. Wow. To, to think that we're still potentially three months away from this is crazy. Uh, I'm not convinced that Russell Wilson gets traded still. I know he's unhappy at the moment, but uh, these things can get fixed relatively quickly. I think that him and Seattle do have a relationship that you know has been in place for a decade now. So ultimately, all it takes is for them to apologize or him to just come up and say, hey, I didn't handle that the right way. And then they can, uh, you know, end up working it out. So, I mean, that's still a long time away here. The bears could also, you know, cut Kyle Fuller and save some money. I mean, there's some things the bears could do to, to potentially make that work. What's great. So, so Alan Robinson gets tagged and then what does Russell Wilson post? I missed it, but he said something right. That made you think a little bit. Uh, yeah. God is in everything or something like that. God is in it. So, Oh, one minute after Allen Robinson got tagged. <laughs> so it was definitely conspicuous. The, the other thing I want to circle back on is the relationship. I think that's important to talk about too, is the relationship with Seattle and Russell Wilson. Yeah. Seattle's angry at Russell Wilson. And it's not just because of his input in offense. They are tired. And this has been going on for a couple of years now. So there's underlying currents that when Richard Sermon was criticizing Russell Wilson, they got rid of Richard Sherman. They told him, hit the bricks. Then Russell Wilson went on Jimmy Fallon. And story is that they gave Jimmy Fallon a line to read asking, Russell Wilson, do you want to be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL? Wink, wink, Seattle, you better pay me. Hmm. That rubbed a lot of people, especially Pete Carroll, the wrong way. Russell Wilson has been very against competition at the quarterback position. That's why they only drafted two quarterbacks since 2012. Can you name those two? Since 2012, the Seahawks? Yes. Uh, one's Russell Wilson. Right. So one's Wilson, and then I don't know who the other one would be. Yeah, some distant guy that's not even close to competing for a job. So they've insulated Russell Wilson and protected him because they didn't want to make him angry. And story is Pete Carroll's just tired of it. Okay. Well, look, I mean, I think Russell Wilson has a, has a valid point. <laughs> the Seahawks haven't done a great job of building around him. And uh, it's, it's shown in the playoffs. It's good enough to get you to the postseason, but it's not good enough to get you over the hump. And unfortunately, uh, Seattle's in, the, in a, quite a bit pickle right now. So I don't really know what happens there. But the other quarterback domino now, which I don't know if it's domino per se, because it could just still be a checkmate standstill. Uh, but Deshaun Watson is still uh, saying to the Texans, you trade me or I'm not playing. And the Texans remain adamant that they are not going to trade him. So do you think this Dak Prescott news affects Deshaun Watson at all? That's, that's an excellent question, Randy. I don't think so. I, I think what happens with Deshaun Watson is I, I have to imagine they trade him. And I think he gets traded on draft night. I'll say this. I think Watson's more likely to get traded than Wilson. I, I could see Wilson being traded after the season. I, I find it hard 
to think that Houston can go into this year with the even slightest inclination that Watson isn't playing. Now, to me, it just sounds like this is irreparable. They've stated it's um, Cal McNair that he has an issue with and Jack Easterby. Those are two guys that obviously are not getting replaced in that organization. They're staying. Uh-huh. And Deshaun said he'll sit out the entire year. He'll, he'll take whatever head, so he'll take away his pay. To me, that's toxic to your team. You're not helping your team. And I think they realize it. I think by saying you're holding on to them, you increase the leverage you get by acquiring more capital. But I think he gets traded. Yeah, I, I think there's no way around it at this point. And I think that the two targets still are the same to me. And it's the Dolphins and it's the Jets. I know they don't want to trade us to AFC, but I think those teams have the most draft capital available the soonest. And I think they could offer a quarterback in return. Now, obviously, Tua Tungamailoa offers a little bit more uh, the potential department than Sam Darnold. I think there's too much tape on Darnold at this point to make anyone all that excited. But the Texans want to lie to themselves and say, hey, we at least have a starting quarterback for a year or two, so we don't need to use any of these picks on a quarterback. Then they can move forward with that. Uh, I think that part of Deshaun Watson would love to play with Robert Salah, but I also think he would love to play with Brian Flores. I don't think there's a bad spot there as far as head coach goes. So ultimately I think he will be a dolphin or a jet. I don't know which one, but I would be shocked if we find ourselves in September and Deshaun Watson is just uh, not playing, you know, (laughs) I would be sad because I I love watching Deshaun Watson. So, all right. Uh, Matt Bush, no time to move on. We, like I mentioned at the top of the show, is franchise tag day. This is the deadline, the last possible day teams can uh, franchise tag their players. So a ton of guys get franchise tagged. It's all or not tagged. A bunch of news coming out today. Uh, we talked about Allen Robinson already. We talked about Dak Prescott today. Some other notable names that we talked about on our last show a couple weeks ago. Uh, Panthers offensive tackle Taylor Moten gets a uh, franchise tag. Bronco safety Justin Simmons was the first one to get franchise tagged. I believe that was on uh, yesterday or yep. Sunday. Uh, Jaguars offensive tackle Cam Robinson, which I think might be the shock, uh, the biggest shock on this list. Yeah, I don't think anyone saw that coming. I I, I get it. I, I, I don't think it doesn't make sense because you keep somewhat intact of an offensive line. Uh, Jaguars are an interesting team, but that, that was surprising. Didn't expect yeah. that. Uh, the Saints safety, Marcus Williams, uh, Giants defensive tackle, Leonard Williams. I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> Jets safety, Marcus May, Buccaneers wide receiver, Chris Godwin, which we talked about the three possible avenues that the Bucks could go here. And they chose to go with Chris Godwin, but they also signed Levante David to a two-year contract extension. Yeah, which helps them immensely. I think by keeping David and White together, you keep the best linebacking duo in the NFL together, which makes a hell of a lot of sense. So that's a good deal for both. Yep, you're going to lose uh, Shaquille Barrett now. Yep. And uh, he's going to probably get paid by some team who needs a pass rusher, which, you know, he deserves it. And I think they'll be okay. But uh, I think keeping that linebacking core together was huge for them. And I'm surprised they, I'm so surprised they franchised Godwin, but, you know, they obviously love Godwin and, and he's a stud. So I can't totally fault them there. And Washington guard Brandon Scherf, uh, among another name, being franchise tagged. And if you guys see news that someone got franchise tagged during the show, feel free to let us know in the comments. Matt Bushnell, any names that I missed? Yeah, I think um, Williams for the Saints, which was probably the second biggest surprise when he got franchise tagged. It really sent, you know, a lot of things into a spin because no one expected with their salary cap situation. You know, how can you franchise tag a safety who's going to be getting paid Marcus Williams, who's going to be getting paid, you know, close to twelve million dollars? 
that puts more stress on your salary cap. So Marcus Williams getting franchise tag was kind of a big deal today. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. I think the Saints have a ton of talent in the secondary already. I'm surprised they're dedicating so much money to this guy. But, um, you know, maybe he's a big reason why that they uh, have such a good secondary. So, yeah, tag deadline. Uh, the league year starts next Wednesday, the 17th. So a lot of free agents are going to be signing. Among the names not franchise tag, Matt Bushnell, Kenny Galladay, the Detroit Lions wide receiver, he's going to be a free agent. Uh Tooney of the Patriots not getting franchise tag, probably because Cam Brown gets traded back to New England from the Raiders. And Bill Belichick is the best at letting a guy leave, get paid to the max, and then bringing him back for pennies. Yeah, I'll surprise. Uh, you know, Mike Mayock spoke, I think, I'm not sure if it was yesterday, but, you know, when we discussing Trent Brown and his health, he's like, when he's healthy, he's one of the best right tackles in the league, but he's never healthy. Right. He's never played. So it's still a monster contract, which, you know, kind of surprising, but, you know, I, I'm interested to see how that works out for the Patriots. So Joe Tooney, out, you know, might be a, a nice pickup. Yeah, uh, Galladay, I think, still lands with one of the New York teams that play at MetLife Stadium in New Jersey, so we'll see what happens there. Also, the defensive end for the Bengals, which his name escapes me. Do you, th- you know his name off the top of your head, Matt? Um, I'll have it here in a second. I, I know his last name is Lewis, but he was kind of a breakout player this year, which. Yes. So they decide not to franchise tag him, but they have hopes of signing him to a deal, which, you know, you now he's just in the free market. So you have the freedom to go sign anywhere at this point. I, I mean, you're, you're going to really convince him to sign back with the Cincinnati Bengals at that point. Yeah. And also losing him and Geno Atkins yep. uh, would be a huge loss. I'm sorry, Carl Lawson, Carl, Carl Lawson. 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 Thank you. Yeah. He's the guy. And, and he had a really great year last year. He had a breakout year. And I mean, a team looking for a pass rusher um, who maybe doesn't want to pay the premium for Barrett. Uh, I think this could be a nice get. a nice get. Um, so we'll see. I mean, there's a lot of news going on in the NFL world. This is why the NFL is all an all year round sport. They, they really mapped it out in the calendar where there's not a dull, moment really uh okay well i think matt we touched on a lot of the news here and uh i think it's time to have a little bit of fun because it is the off season and, and free agency hasn't started yet and we mentioned on the show a couple weeks ago that we mentioned you know this guy's a future hall of famer this guy's a future hall of famer so let's go i want to go down the list and i want to i have a list of active players who i think are worthy of a vote yes no too soon need to see more and i want to go down the list there are some that are going to be blatantly obvious that are no doubt hall of famer some of them are going to be like why the hell did you put this guy on this list but regardless i want to go down and do that list anyway so this is what i want to do i want to share my screen with you guys and uh, you disabled screen share sharing, so I can't. So I'm just going to go down the list anyway with you, Matt Bushnell. Uh, you have the list, correct? Hold, yeah. You can go ahead and share it. Okay. One second. I'll share it. Uh, sorry for the technical difficulties. You should be able to share it. Yes, 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 yes. So let me pull this bad boy up for all of you. So we're going to start with the quarterback section over here, Matt. Uh, I have a list of names, and obviously it gets worse as we go, some of them by the request of you. But, you know, the first five, six here, names here, I would say, are no doubt no-brainer Hall of Famers, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees, Patrick Mahomes, and Russell Wilson. Any uh, conflict there for you, Matt? No, no, none at all. 
Okay. Uh, then it gets a little interesting. Uh, Matt Stafford uh, has played his entire career with the Detroit Lions, and many call him Stat Padford because <laughs> he has great stats. Like, you look it up, they're going to be top 10 all time, potentially top five all time, yeah. um, but ultimately never won a playoff game. That can change. So, look, I'm leaning yes on Matt Stafford, but I think what he does at the end of his career here with the Rams is going to determine his fate there. Yeah, to me, playoff success would be so huge for his Hall of Fame resume. I feel like he has to have it. Right now, I would probably say he's out. Okay. Which brings me to my next guy, Matt Ryan, who is probably – a field goal in the Super Bowl away from being a lock. Um, but he is in this, uh, not quite to the extreme of Derrick Rose, but he won an MVP in the league. Not many former NFL MVPs are not in the Hall of Fame. So I think his overall body of work plus the MVP ultimately will get him in eventually. Yeah, I think his numbers are just too good. And like you said, with the MVP award, a Super Bowl appearance, Probably should have won that Super Bowl. You know, that was one of the greatest choke jobs in the history of the NFL. But, yeah, um, I think Matt Ryan should be in. So some other names here are interesting. Uh, just so that you guys know some background, the criteria here is that they had to play at least three years in the NFL for me to put them on this list. So, you know, Nick Bosa, I know Henry said on the Dark City last night, he thinks Nick Bosa is going to be a Hall of Famer. Nick Bosa has been in the league for two years. I'm not going to put him on the list quite yet. Uh, so – Deshaun Watson, uh, drafted in 2017, uh, not by your Chicago Bears, but uh, look, he is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And I think, you know, he is on the right trajectory to be a Hall of Fame guy. Ultimately, it might come down to where he gets traded to, but I would say it's too soon to tell for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I think it's too soon to tell, but I'm leaning towards he's he's a fantastic player. He does a lot of things that you don't see every day in the NFL. So I, I like what he has. I like what he offers. I, I'm going to say yes that Deshaun Watson makes the Hall of Fame. So how does that make you feel that two of the three first-round quarterbacks in the 2017 draft are going to be Hall of Famers? <laughs> and you not kinda, one from the Bears. <laughs> you kind of let that one just go, could you? Um, Absolutely not. <laughs> I've been plotting that one for at least since I made this list. <laughs> oh, man. How does it make me feel? Angry. Angry, okay. a great swell of anger. Um, appropriate uh, <laughs> feelings for that. All right, and then a couple of interesting names at the bottom here. Cam Newton, who uh, I think really not changed the way quarterbacks played, but is very unique in the way he played quarterback uh, for a long time. And maybe if he did win a Super Bowl, which he made one and did not win, maybe it's a little bit different for him, but I don't and ultimately think he makes it uh, into the Hall of Fame. I'll say this. It, it was the toughest one to judge because of when we talk about quarterbacks and I know um, our Jets fans and our Giants fans will say their quarterbacks don't have any help. Well, Cam Newton is the epitome of not having any help. And he put in one hell of a year that was maybe one of the greatest performances by a quarterback in NFL history. It really was. Yeah, and to me, I think it's too hard to ignore what he was able to do with his legs, how big he was. He had accuracy issues, but I don't know if it was really him or the wide receivers. I don't think his career is over. It's looking bad right now. It's looking bleak. But if I had to vote, I'm pretty giving in the NFL Hall of Fame, so I'd probably say Cam gets in. I, I would put him in mine. 
And look, you're, you're, we're using the same logic for Matt Ryan. Cam Newton won an MVP. So uh, if you consider quarterback rushing stats, I think he is pretty high on all those rushing stat lists. And like you said, I think he had 55 total touchdowns in 2015 and helped the Panthers make it to a Super Bowl. So uh, Cam Newton, if, if not a Hall of Famer, a damn good career for him nonetheless. The last name on here was your request. Uh, yes. In- in D- Dakota Rain Prescott, which I am shocked because, uh, look, I'm not a Tony Romo's a Hall of Famer guy, so I'm definitely not a Dak Prescott's a Hall of Famer guy. <laughs> He's the quarterback of America's team. Oh Every Dallas God. Cowboy would tell you they are the most important franchise in the history of the NFL. How could you not put the man behind center in the Hall of Fame? Aikman, Romo, Staubach, Prescott, it's, it's a lineage. Um, <laughs> I think you're missing a solid 15 year span there between Aikman and Robo. <laughs> Quincy Jackson, Dan. Yeah. Or Quincy Carter. Quincy I, Carter. Yeah. Well, some forgettable years there. I tell you what. Um, here's my stance on deck. Am I putting him in the Hall of Fame? No. I think he's worthy to be in the conversation. He has 104 touchdown passes to 40 interceptions. That's pretty good. I, I know his nickname is Dink and Dunk Fourth Quarter Dak, where he'll dink and dunk the first three quarters and open it up when they're down by 20 in the fourth quarter. I, 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 I think there's some more to Dak. I think Dak has grown as a quarterback. Will he ultimately get to the Hall of Fame? I think the numbers are going to be there, but I don't think the playoff success ever will be. I think it'll always be he'll put up big numbers, you know, maybe he's the ultimate Blake Bortles. When okay. Blake Bortles put up that fantastic year because it was all fourth quarter garbage time. That's not a good case for Dak Prescott to make the <laughs> Hall of Fame, my friend. <laughs> I mean, he, he is a souped up uh, Blake Bortles. He's, he's the best version of Blake Bortles to the hundredth degree. I, I don't think Dak gets in, but he's going to have some gaudy numbers when his career is over with. All right. Well, before we move on from quarterbacks, let me just throw out another name for you there, Matt Bushnell, and it's Josh Allen. <laughs> Not right now. <laughs> Maybe one day. It, I mean, he's going to have to put up. So we saw him get remarkably better this past year. But as you point out, Randy, all of a sudden he looked a hell of a lot better with Stefan yep. Diggs. Yep. And that changed the entire course. And when he couldn't throw to Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley was covered, he had a hard time. And he couldn't – which way? He couldn't roll to his left and throw. It was just a train wreck. You make him roll to his right, he was a lot better. So I'm not putting Josh Allen anywhere yet. Yeah, and I think some other names we need to consider here that I didn't write down, but like Lamar Jackson already won an MVP, which I don't think he would get there unless he becomes like the second coming of Michael Vick times 10, uh, which I guess is kind of possible. But, uh, you know, I, I, I've, lost, I've lost hope for, for Daniel Jones, but doesn't mean he won't improve or get better. Darnold, there's no chance. Mitch Trubisky, there's no chance. Um Kyler Murray, if he could somehow stay healthy, maybe uh, I can see that becoming interesting. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's still early, so we're not going to like put that to a vote. But there's a lot of young, really good quarterbacks, and I think you know Burrow and Herbert will be guys that we talk about for a long time too. So uh, that'll be fun. All right, moving on to wide receiver, I put the very obvious one first, and Larry Fitzgerald (laughs) still is active uh, somehow with the Arizona Cardinals. He is an absolute lock to make the Hall of Fame, right? Yeah, no no doubt, no doubt. He's all right, first ballot. (laughs) 
Yeah, we don't need to talk a ton about Larry Fitz, uh, obviously one of the greatest of all time. Antonio Brown, I think we had this conversation before the season when he was in legal trouble. I think his 10-year run is enough to get him in. I think when you look at the Hall of Fame, a lot of these guys care if you're the best at your position for a long period of time. He was the best receiver in the NFL for a five-year span. I think the hard part for him is going to be getting in on the, you know, when reporters get to vote. Yeah. It becomes personal in a lot of respects, a.k.a. Terrell Owens. And I think a lot of this is going to have to be, is that 10-year stretch good enough to overcome so many legal things with Antonio Brown and how toxic he ended up becoming? Uh, The Super Bowl helps his case. uh, And and make no mistake, he was important. He was very important to that Super Bowl win. Yeah. And Brady vouched for him. I think that's important, too. I think that might help his case uh, further down the line. Yeah, I I think so. Right now, I'm going to lean no, because I I think the Hall of Fame gets way too personal, and I I think he gets left out. Should he be in? Yes. If we're just looking at the football field perspective, should he be in the Hall of Fame? Absolutely. I think it's a slam dunk. But when we involve human judgment and, you know, where writers get to vote who may feel slighted by Antonio Brown, didn't like his off-field conduct, I think it's going to be awfully hard for him to get in. Yeah, and the way the NFL does receivers is such a joke because T.O. Mm-hmm. took three times to get in, and T.O. is a, a you know top-five receiver ever, in my opinion. And it, The fact that he was a, it took him three tries to get in is, is a big joke. Uh, and, and, and Chad Johnson, I don't know if he'll get in, but I think that he deserves serious consideration to get in. Um, and, and Antonio Brown, I don't think, will be a first ballot, but I do ultimately think Antonio Brown will make the Hall of Fame because I, I, I think the numbers speak for themselves. I think it helps that he had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks thrown in the ball, but – I think, it, I think he helped those guys ultimately, too. I think Ben Roethlisberger benefited from having him on the team for a long time. All right, a couple names here. DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, and Julio Jones. I think Hopkins – I think these three guys definitely get in. I'll, I, I don't know how – like, unless one of them has a catastrophic injury. But I think – and I want to get your thoughts. I think Julio is the biggest lock of the three. Yeah, Julio's the biggest lock. DeAndre Hopkins is not far behind. I, I think yeah. DeAndre Hopkins is a lock. Devontae Adams is going to have to put up a little – you know, he, yeah. he's got to do some more stuff here. Um, he's on the right trajectory. It depends how long he has Aaron Jones or Aaron, Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers throwing <laughs> him the football. Yeah. So th- to me, Devontae Adams is more wait and see. I, I'm yeah. not putting him in yet. I think that's fair because he had an unbelievable year this year. The last couple of years, he's really been lights out with Aaron Rodgers. If he can do that a few more times and can solidify himself as one of the best receivers in the league for that long period of time, I think it'll be uh, the writers will be fond of that. All right. Uh, Mike Evans added a ring to the resume here. Seventh overall pick in 2014. I think it's an interesting case, but I feel like I need to see a little bit more. Yeah. Right now it's a no for me. I, I don't see, I, I just, I don't see him putting up the numbers right now that it requires him to get in. He may finish top 10 in touchdowns all time, but I think he's going to be lacking in yards and receptions. How much stock do you put in for the college career? Because I think uh, when I think of Mike Evans, I also think of his Texas A&M career and how he made Johnny Manziel look like a guy who could have made it into the pros. And obviously we know that was a mistake. So I don't know how much stock you put into that, but I know in basketball, it's just the basketball hall of fame, not just the professional basketball hall of fame. Yeah, I mean, if it was basketball and we did it that way, I think he'd have a stronger case. But with the NFL being separate from the College Football Hall of Fame, they're two separate entities, it's only going to be his NFL numbers. 
I can't get that out of my head for some reason. Uh, Slanton boy himself, Michael Thomas. Uh, look, I think playing in the dome with True Brees is really going to hurt his case here, and I just can't tell myself that Michael Thomas is a Hall of Famer. I, I mean, there's a lot of great wide receivers on this list, and we're even forgetting one or two that should be on here. Uh, no, no, not, not right now. I got to see Michael Thomas with Jameis Winston before I make any declarative yeah, statements. It's fair. Totally fair. Uh, Tyree Kill, look, uh, already had a pretty successful career on the football field. Off the field is a, wholly, a totally different story. But if you're telling me this guy used to play with Patrick Mahomes for the next 10 years, I think he's on the right path. Yeah, I, 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 I'm just going to guess and project here. He's getting in because some <laughs> of those numbers are going to be insane. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this is a, this one is going to be hurting me, I think, a little bit. But Odell Beckham Jr., if you had asked me after the 2016 season, I would have said absolutely not a doubt in my mind he's a Hall of Famer. Now I think he needs a little bit of a late career resurgence to get in. I think he's got to do a lot. I, yeah. I, I think there's a lot that has to be done. And we're talking about resurgence. He may need to be reborn uh, <laughs> for him to get in the Hall of Fame. It's, it's going to be an uphill climb. I. I think a lot of his stuff gets overblown. I don't think that's going to factor in. I just don't think the numbers are there to support this anywhere close to it yet. Yeah, I mean, a lot of his off-field stuff is nonsense. It's not serious legal issues like Antonio Brown or Tyreek Hill. It's just diva nonsense, like social media stuff, attention-seeking. Yep. It's not anything that's anything serious toward like the other guys. But uh, ultimately, I do think he needs to put together a few – if not a bunch <laughs> more successful seasons. Uh, Keenan Allen, look, I think, you know, uh, we criticized him for saying that he was one of the best receivers in the league, but he put together a hell of a season and he's off to a damn good start to his career. I shouldn't even say start. He's been in the league for like seven years now. He, he's, a, he's got great hands. He's a catching machine. He's got Justin Herbert throwing him the football for the rest of his career. God knows where he's going to end up on the reception list. Um, he, he's going to get in. What ballot? I don't know. But that dude's getting in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. All right, next name. uh, I feel like this guy, A.J. Green, just is just too ravaged by injuries. And I think what could have been – I think he really would have been a Hall of Famer if he could have found a way to stay healthy. Yeah, exactly, Randy. That's it right there. He couldn't stay healthy. Yeah. Uh, A.J. AJ Green really was so talented and so good when he was healthy. But unfortunately, I think injuries are going to prevent it. God, I really hope not. But Deshaun Jackson, Matt Matt Bushnell, uh, is is he a Hall of Famer for you? No, nope. Yeah, I don't see not for not for me either. And this one might be the most pretentious of them all because we already have a vote for Julian Edelman in the (laughs) comment section. I don't think Julian Edelman is a Hall of Famer. I know he has three Super Bowl championships. I know he has a Super Bowl MVP. Look. I don't think the regular season numbers hold up with him. I, th- I think he's one of the great postseason clutch performers, but I don't know necessarily that that equates to having a Hall of Fame career when it comes to overall body of work. Oh, man, Julian Edelman. This is a tough one. It uh, really is, I think, the hardest one. I, I, I think he's a poor man's Adam Thielen. I, if you're telling me that Julian Edelman gets in the Hall of Fame, but Adam Thielen doesn't, that's bullshit. So – I'm going to say the opposite here. I don't think Julian Edelman gets in, nor do I think he deserves it. Look, I, I am not in the Julian Edelman as a Hall of Famer camp. I'm in the Julian Edelman is better than Wes Welker camp. 
Yep. I don't think that's controversial. I think he was a hell of a lot better than Wes Welker was and a lot more reliable and a lot tougher, a better blocker. And I think he had better hands. So you want to compare those guys, which are like the stereotypical slot white guy for the Patriots. Give me Julian Edelman all day. I don't know if that puts him over the, the hump to make him a hall of famer. I'm sorry. Yep. Agreed. All right. Speaking of Adam Thielen, per your request, these two are your requests, but Adam Thielen, it's a great story, honestly. And it's a guy you could totally see reading about in Canton about how he was, uh, he walked on and try out for the Vikings and then it turned into having a, a storied career for the, the Vikings. Uh, you know what? I think I just need to see more, and I, but I, I, I could see it down the line. I, I just think he's so consistent and within that offense, he really excels. Uh, Kirk Cousins loves throwing him the football. And if Kirk Cousins is helping you put up numbers, if they ever get a real quarterback in Minnesota, <laughs> sky's the limit for this guy. He's in my Hall of Fame. He, he's going to be in my Hall of Fame. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, and then T.Y. Hilton, who is still technically active, had a really nice career for the Colts so far. And, you know, maybe he could help Carson Wentz uh, have some success in Indy. But there, he's technically a free agent at the moment. Uh, I will say no on T.Y. because he's not quite on the top tier of the Marvin Harrison and, uh, you know, what, uh, Reggie Wayne uh, level Colts receivers, but he's on the tier next, right below, and that's still pretty good. Yeah, I guess my question for you is this. and I, I know we left off Allen Robinson off the Hall of Fame wide receiver list. Personally, I, I don't know if Allen Robinson is in. I'm not sure if he's ever going to put up those gaudy numbers. He might, yeah. you know, if Chicago ever gets a quarterback – yeah. You know, he might, but I think Allen Robinson is a better wide receiver than T.Y. Hilton. I think yeah, T.Y. Hilton may have better numbers, but it's no fault to Allen Robinson. But T.Y. Hilton's a no for me. Yeah. I definitely think Allen Robinson is more talented than T.Y. Hilton. And I also think T.Y. Hilton kind of benefited from having prime Andrew Luck for, for four or five years. So I don't want to credit, discredit any of these guys because a lot of them play with great quarterbacks, but – uh ty i think is in the hall of very good but ultimately yeah. not going to make it into the hall of fame uh anyway that's all the offense we're not going to do offensive linemen because there's no tangible way to judge statistics or anything like that i just felt like i got a respect for what those guys do i'm not going to try to fake it and pretend like i know <laughs> who is great i i could tell you who i think would get in based on reputation but i'm not going to sit here and try to argue offensive linemen with you guys i hope you guys appreciate that because ultimately matt i think you and i know enough about football but it's not worth you know spending 10 minutes on on the show it's a whole different game and a whole lot of different review of the tape when it comes to looking at offensive linemen and evaluating them so absolutely it's hard to do yeah so i mean we're looking at guys you can point to stats on and you know and it it might be a cop-out but i totally respect offensive linemen and uh, appreciate everything that they do and there will be guys who are active now who make it into the hall of fame and that deserve it but we're not going to go down that list right now we're going to start on defensive linemen and this is a mix of tackles and pass rushers i just kind of combined them both and i know if i missed any names you want us to discuss a name feel free to put it in the comment section for sure uh we already had a couple of these matt uh um, let me just go. Brandon Marshall, not active, but I think uh, uh, Leon's saying that you could make a case for him. Yeah. Uh, and Golden Tate, I'm going to say probably no on both of those guys, but Marshall is an interesting case. I would put Brandon Marshall in ahead of guys like Allen Robinson, T.Y. Hilton, um, Julian Edelman, Deshaun Jackson, A.J. Green. Um, Brandon Marshall is a fantastic wide receiver, but yeah. I, I just feel like you can point to too many other guys in this past happy era. But make no mistake, I mean, Brandon Marshall's a fringe Hall of Famer. Yeah, 
All right, Golden Tate, no for you too, right? Oh, hell no. There's no way. Yeah, fuck that guy. Uh, <laughs> and Matt, uh, since the last time we spoke, one of the bigger news of the time, since the time we spoke, was J.J. Watt signing with the Arizona Cardinals, but he's on the list here for a future Hall of Famer. J.J. Watt, obvious, right? Yeah, I mean, how many Defensive Player of the Year award winners did he He won three of them. I mean, I, I think he's a blowhard for the most part. He loves to hear himself <laughs> talk. But the production when healthy is undeniable. He was really good, uh, dominant for those first three years. And you can't say it was because of he had help or he had this. No, he was just that damn good. So, yeah, J.J. Watt gets in. You can't keep a guy with three defensive player of the year awards out. That's ridiculous. Right. And uh, two years, $31 million for J.J. Watt uh, in Arizona, which neither of us predicted. So good for J.J. on swerving us there. He took the money, whatever. That's totally surprised. Hey, man, take the money when you can get it. I'm never going to fault a player for taking the money. Nope, nope. And we'll have a lot more to talk about J.J. Watt in the offseason, I'm sure of it. Uh, these two guys are locks to me. Aaron Donald and Von Miller. Aaron Donald, also a three-time Defensive Player of the Year award winner, and I wouldn't be shocked if he won three more. <laughs> I don't know what to say about the dude other than, I mean, you, if he retired today, I think he's in the Hall of Fame. Me too. I, I, I don't know how you keep him out. So, no. yeah, he's in. He's in. Absolutely. Uh, Von Miller too, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, Von Miller's in, yep. Von Miller was the catalyst of a Super Bowl winning defense, uh, won MVP of that game. Dominant. Uh, absolutely dominant pass rusher. Uh, and Dominican Sue, I think, is interesting. I don't know. I think maybe some of his antics uh, prevent him from being first ballot, but I think there could be a case where he makes it later on. You know, I, I would love to have maybe a segment on, a, you know, maybe on a future show with Leon. Because I, I think he he could speak more elegantly about Nadam Kung's or Sue's career than my hatred for him. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't pee on Sue if he was on fire. That guy can <laughs> burn in hell. I hate his guts. I wouldn't put him in anything. So okay. th- th- that might be for Leon. <laughs> Leon, if you're still watching, let us know in the comment section if you think Indomitian Sue is a Hall of Famer. Uh, now a Super Bowl champion, Indomitian Sue, by the way. Uh, Khalil Mack of the year Chicago Bears. I, I mean, I think he's had a hell of a start to his career, and ultimately, if he can continue the pace, I know he's had a down year in the last year or two, uh, but I think Khalil Mack is on pace to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I believe he has a Defensive Player of the Year award. Yeah, he I... should not have won over Landon Collins, but he did. Hey, you know, get over it. <laughs> then... He was all pro at two different positions, yeah. outside linebacker and defensive end. He is a game wrecker. He changes everything. Um, he's absolutely a Hall of Famer. I agree. Uh, Joey Bosa, not Nick Bosa, Joey on the Chargers, been in the league longer. Uh, talent is absolutely there. Uh, I This is what I need from Joey Bosa. I need him to stay healthy because if he's not healthy, he ain't making a Hall of Fame. Yeah, right now I say no. I, I just – I don't think there's enough there. He's dominant, but like you said, the health isn't there. The numbers, I don't think it projects favorably for him. He's got a lot of sacking to do in the future. By the way, Leon Tompkins says yes to the Hall of Fame for Dominican Sue. so Matt Bushnell, your hate is outvoted on. Uh, all right, <laughs> Cameron Jordan of the New Orleans Saints been around for 10 years now and actually has a pretty solid career for himself. I don't know if it's enough to get in the Hall of Fame, though. USC guy, I believe, Cameron Jordan. Um, I like him. I, I do like him as a player and as a human. I like his bold and true takes when he was talking about Mitchell Trubisky. But <laughs> he's just not a Hall of Famer yet. M- maybe he can put up a lot of sack numbers. Longevity, 
could get him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, the longevity guys, you need something in there, you know, like a ring or a single season sack record to to help you get past that, get over the hump. And I think Cameron, something's just missing from Cameron Jordan. Yeah. Uh, and he's on a lot of bad Saints defenses too, and I think that might hurt him. Uh, Fletcher Cox, uh, Super Bowl champion, uh, the anchor of the, the Eagles defense for a while now. Uh, look, I think he is so important, and his importance to the Eagles defense cannot be overstated. I think it's hard for interior defensive linemen to make the Hall of Fame. I don't know if the numbers back up how important he really was. Fletcher Cox is going to be in the Hall of Fame for the Eagles, but he's yeah. not going to be in the NFL <laughs> Hall of Fame. I think that's well said. He's he's like the Eagles' Justin Tuck, you know, <laughs> what, yeah. Justin, what, what the Justin Tuck was for the Giants and ultimately is what, what Fletcher Cox was uh, for Philly. All right, Miles Garrett. Uh, I don't know if you could have much of a better start to a career than Miles Garrett has had, and uh, I think he's on the right path. I would say, you know, if he keeps it up, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. He's dominant. Like he's really, really good. It's funny because I take a look at Miles Garrett, and it's scary because I think Chase Young is going to be better than Miles Garrett. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and if you told me Chase Young's on this list after one year, I'm like, he's getting in. So Miles Garrett's getting. That's in. why I had to do the three-year rule, or we could have talked about three hundred players here. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think Miles Garrett's going to be in. T.J. Watt, uh, obviously, oh. so butthurt that he didn't make the defense win the defensive player of the year, but is a sack machine. I'll say that under the I'll put him under the category as I need to see more. Here's the issue: Hall of Fame voters love Steeler defensive players. They yep. they just love it. And if you play for Chicago on the defensive side of the football. If you play for Pittsburgh on the defensive side of the football, I, I think it really helps your case. I mean, if you just play for Dallas, I think it helps your case. But if you play defense for Chicago or Pittsburgh, I, I think that really helps boost your resume. Right now, I think T.J. Watt's going to get into the Hall of Fame. I just okay. think w- with the lineage of Pittsburgh, hell, I, I didn't think Brian Urlacher was a first ballot Hall of Famer, but there he was a first ballot Hall of Famer. So. Okay. And here's the thing for T.J. Watt. The NFL loves family stories, right? So J.J. is going to get in, no doubt. So then they're like, well, his little brother was also a damn good football player. So we're going to put him in the Hall of Fame, too. It's not quite the Peyton Eli thing, but it's probably similar. I I think Eli ultimately gets in because of his name and how good his brother was, too. Uh, All right. Next on the list, Calais Campbell. uh, I feel like transformed every defense he's ever been on, but the numbers don't exactly back it up. No. I mean, you talk about the impact he's had, but there's nothing reflecting that in numbers. Yeah. So, um, you know, I I think it's one of those things where he absolutely is um, that worthy of being in the Hall of Fame if you're talking about what he's done for his teams. Now, as far as is he Hall of Fame material, I just don't think numbers are there. Yeah. All right. Well, Cameron Hayward, another Steelers interior defensive lineman. I'm going to say no. I threw him on here because I really think he's a great player. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. I just, it it goes back to interior defensive linemen and how do you put them in the hall of fame? How do you categorize them? It's just not easy. If you're Aaron Donald, it makes it very easy. And (laughs) I mean, Cam Hayward's a great player. I love watching the guy play. I just don't know if he's ever going to have that big of an impact with playing along TJ Watt 
And who knows what happens with Bud Dupree. So I, I think there's yeah. a lot out there. All right, Chris Jones, I'm going to say yes because I think he's going to end up being a four or five times world champion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on Chris Jones. Okay, so Chris Jones in the Hall of Fame. And a JPP, now a two-time Super Bowl champion with two different teams. I think he's got a great story, even post-hand uh, explosion. I think JPP gets in. Yeah, to me, this one's tough because when I look at it, do I think he's the impact player that um, every fan knows about? No, but you look at him. I mean, his resume is getting pretty damn impressive. It's building up and he makes an impact and he's been a vocal point for two Super Bowl winners. I mean, he's been very important to two Super Bowl winner winning teams. He's dominant for the giants for that first four or five years. Oh, yeah. It, it, he was wrecking games on a regular basis. So if I'm putting Khalil Mack in the Hall of Fame, I got to put Jason Pierre-Paul in the Hall of Fame. All right. Now we're going to go back to offense because I forgot on this side of the bracket I put offensive <laughs> players. So uh, running back and tight end, there are slim pickings here. But let's start off with the old guys first. Uh, Frank Gore, this is where I have takes, Matt Bushnell. Um, look, <laughs> I know Frank Gore is top five all-time rushing yards, but – He's just not that good. I'm sorry. Like, he always had great offensive lines in the 49ers, but he just – I'm sorry. Like, I, I know this is episode 49 and I should love the 49ers or something, but no. I know <laughs> he's going to get in because of, like, the longevity and the numbers and the careerness, like, the whole body of, like, the collection of stats. But Frank Gore is not a Hall of Famer to me. Oh, man. You know, I was talking about baseball Hall of Famers today. Um He's the Pete Rose of the NFL to me. <laughs> Pete Rose won. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Frank Gore has accumulated a lot of stats over a long period of time. He's going to get in. I don't know if I want him in, but he's going to get in. Look, the guy has been insanely durable. I, I don't know how you count that against the guy. You know, of all the things that we talk about football players, the, the biggest thing that you want from a football player is to be available. And he's been the most available running back in the history of the NFL. And he had two knee surgeries in college. <laughs> yes. So Frank Gore gets in because it's impressive. I mean, it's just impressive okay. how durable he is. I know he's going to get in. But to me, it's just I, I, he's never even been a at, at best he might have been the fifth best running back in the league. So that it, it's a, yeah, it's a cumulative, you know what I mean? Uh, Leon with a great comparison in, in the comments said he's the Craig Biggio of football, which <laughs> I think is is actually a really good comp. Yeah, uh, and, and he's not like the next guy where Adrian Peterson. You can make a case that he was the best running back in the league for seven years and won an MVP at running back. Adrian Peterson is one of those guys where you could take a seven year stretch of his career and you can take the top, you know, uh, you can put together in your head, the top five best running backs and take their best seven year stretches. And he's right there with all of them. Yes. To me, that is a slam dunk hall of famer. I mean, that seven year stretch is up there with Walter Payton, Barry Sanders, Jim Brown, you know, part of my favorite is Earl Campbell. You know, I, I know a lot of people love Emmett Smith. Uh, Emmett, you know, Frank Gore and Emmett Smith, yeah, kind of similar. Emmett Smith is a, you know, a rich man's Frank Gore, but Adrian Peterson's in. It's, it's not even a question. 
It's not. And he's he's been had a weird last few years of his career with the he's been on a bunch of different teams, but now he's just collecting the yards that Frank Gore has done his entire career. So now he is going to end up in the top five if he's not already in all time yards. And it's a slam dunk. Adrian Peterson, without a doubt, one of the best running backs ever. Now it gets interesting because it kind of gets to younger guys who haven't done it as long. And it starts off with Derrick Henry, who Tractor Cito every year. We talk about it now, (laughs) the impact he has with the Titans. If he puts together a few more 2000 yard seasons, I think we strongly have to consider it. I I mean, if he puts together one more, I I think it's pretty much in um god how many does he have now one or two 2000 yard seasons i think he has two in a row yeah so that's i mean that's damn impressive so mm-hmm. um i i think henry gets in I, I think he's too good not to put in at this point and what he has going for him is that the titans rely on him so much so the usage isn't going to go down anytime soon so uh, another, uh ezekiel elliott i think if you asked me a couple years ago i say yes but in the last couple years it's fallen off a cliff it feels like so i don't know this one's interesting because I mean, he's a dynamic running back and I know Dallas has always had a great offensive line and the year that they were so bad and they didn't have Ezekiel Elliott, they couldn't run the football very well, but they still had that great offensive line. Now, you know, with Zeke and that great offensive line, it was monster numbers year after year. Now the offensive line is dear is getting worse and Zeke's getting worse. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm not, hot on Zeke I mean it's for a running back to make the hall of fame in my eyes there's milestones you have to hit I mean Mm -hmm. I I think you need close to 100 touchdowns you need to be past 10,000 yards rushing um you know you got to show me a little bit more and I I don't think Zeke's there and I I don't know if he's going to get there Agreed. Uh, and I think now you're looking at the decline of his career. I don't know how it comes back up at this point. Uh, two names that, and we are to get votes for yes for the Hall of Fame for these two players, Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara. And I know CMC had injury problems last year, but a hell of a start to his career before that. And Kamara, I believe fifth round pick, unbelievable with the state so far in his career. All right. So I got to preface this. I don't know who the last white running back was to get into the hall of fame. I just know it's been a very long ass time. Uh, was it, didn't the Washington have a white running back back in the day? Oh God. Riggs. Yeah. Riggs. Is it him? Is he in? I don't know if he's in. That's, that's a good question. I don't think he is in. Oh, okay. um, I'm thinking, God. Might have to go back to Frank Gifford. <laughs> Paul Hornig. I mean, those guys. Um, damn, I don't know. But McCaffrey's talented. Oh, geez. He's so good. He really is unbelievable. Yeah. They're, I, both of their stats, rushing and receiving, are going to be very kind to them when their time, is, when their time comes. Yeah, I, I, I think their receiving numbers are going to get in. And, you know, I, I like McCaffrey's where he could go. Um, I know there's trade chatter of him going to Houston. If he leaves Carolina and is not playing with an elite offensive line or a really good quarterback or weapons, it's going to be hard on him. So, you know, it it just really depends. Can he stay with Carolina and not get traded for Deshaun Watson? I'll be interested to see that. Yeah. Henry says uh, Zeke already has passed 6,000 yards and 45 touchdowns. I understand that, but I don't know how much more he can build off of that at this point in his career is my concern. Yeah, he's going to need 50 more touchdowns and 4,000 more yards to really, for me to put him in that conversation. 
and that's not even as good as Tiki Barber's numbers, and he's not going to make the Hall of Fame. So, no. Uh, and Mike Allstott, Henry says, <laughs> for, for white running players. backs. No, players. He, he's saying the last white running backs to make the Hall of Fame, and I, Mike Allstott's not a running back, nor is he a Hall of Famer, but it's still fun. <laughs> to, Mike Allstott was great back in the day. Uh, all right, tight ends now. Slim pickets for tight ends, but I think we agree, Matt, the first two on this list are absolute locks. Rob Gronkowski, I would say, is the greatest tight end that ever played football. Yeah, it's going to be hard to argue with Gronk. I mean, his numbers may not be as pro- prolific when Travis Kelsey is done, but – I mean, the way he dominated games, his blocking ability, yeah, absolutely probably the greatest tight end to ever play the game. Uh, he's a lock. I think Travis Kelsey's going to be a lock. That Chiefs offense is going to put up video game numbers for a long time, and he's going to be beneficial. He's going to benefit a lot from that. Uh, and I thought that there's a case to be made for Jimmy Graham. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about Jimmy Graham's case? Actually, I, I think he gets in. I, I, I think Jimmy Graham, when it's all said and done, he changed a lot of the NFL. Him and Antonio Gates was the first, hey, let's find a power forward basketball type yep. that can go up and get it in the red zone. Jimmy Graham, I think, had nine touchdowns last year for the Bears. And, I mean, if they utilized him more, it could have easily been 15. I mean, hell, he had Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky throwing him the fucking <laughs> football. So, Jimmy Graham, I agree. I think sneakily he deserves to be in. All right, and then finally, George Kittle. Uh, we before last season, we said he was a top five player in the entire league. So, you know, if he continues that with with the 49ers, I mean, putting up numbers with Jimmy G, your quarterback, I, I kind of think George Kittle is on pace to get in. I, I think George Kittle gets in because tight end's kind of a different position how it's evaluated yeah. because you get evaluated for your blocking and for your receiving prowess. And George Kittle does both at a very high level. He is you know, that next line with Gronk, the guys that could do both. Travis Kelsey, Jimmy Graham, they're not blocking very many people. Kittle, Gronkowski, those guys are going to block, and that enhances their value. So I like both of those guys. Yeah, so we're, we're putting all four of these guys in the Hall of Fame. Would you look at that? Uh, good for the tight ends here. Uh, <laughs> all right, linebackers where it gets harder, because I would say Bobby Wagner right off the bat is no doubt, cool. but then it gets interesting after that. Inside linebackers, Bobby Wagner. I think the issue with Bobby Wagner that's going to plague him for a little bit is playing in front of the Legion of Boom and just really having that strong secondary there to let him roam on, you know, roam. Uh, I'd probably put Bobby Wagner in. If you said first ballot Hall of Famer, I would say no, but I think he gets in on one of the lower ballots. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Levant, so now Levante David, I would say that Devin White has a much better case, but Devin White's not yet not been in the league as long. But, you know, when it's all said and done, Levante David, David's going to have a nice career for himself. Is it enough to get into the Hall of Fame? I don't really know. Oh, man. To me, it requires a couple of things for a, a, a middle linebacker to get into the Hall of Fame. Impact plays. You know, with Ray Lewis, he put up sack numbers, forced fumbles, interceptions. Brian Urlacher, same thing, forced fumbles, interceptions, really made the middle linebacker position for the cover two defense. He revolutionized that middle linebacker position for the cover two defense, and that's Brian Urlacher. It used to be the Will linebacker that was so important in the cover two. Now it's the Mike backer. Um, We talk about Levante David. I don't see him having that level of impact. He's a really, really good linebacker. I would love to have him on my team. 
I just don't think he's in that class. Yeah, uh, that's good points. Uh, I think Devin White, when it's all said and done, is going to have a better career, oh. be a better player ultimately. Anyway. Oh yeah. Uh, Darius Leonard is a tackling beast, and he's <laughs> all over the field on on the tape. And uh, I love Darius Leonard. He is like the heart of that defense with the Colts. Uh, I kind of think if he stays healthy, he's going to get in. Yeah, I have him in. I, I think he's that good. Uh, those tackling numbers. If he can play 15 years in the NFL, Randy, he may be your all-time tackle leader. Yeah, unreal. Uh, Fred Warner, uh, our friend Henry Maldonado Jr., <laughs> thinks that he is the best linebacker in the league right now, and he's definitely one of them. Uh, is there a case for him to make the Hall of Fame? Absolutely. I think he fits that uh, Brian Urlacher, Ray Lewis mode when we talk about impact plays. He's there for interceptions. He's there for forced fumbles. He's sat. You know, he's a Swiss Army knife on defense, and that's really what you want from your inside backer. I, I really like Fred Warner. He's going to have to put up some more numbers, but if we're projecting, I don't think – I don't see him slowing down. I know he's had some minor injuries here and there, but, yeah, I think Fred Warner is a guy that gets in. Okay. Uh, this is an interesting name here because he's a multiple-time Super Bowl champion and made plays in the biggest moments possible. <laughs> I go back to the Falcon Super Bowl the most. Dante Hightower of the Patriots, and I don't know if the regular season numbers truly back it up, but it's kind of like an Edelman case for me, I think. Yeah, I mean, you could put Danny Trevath on there, and I would I'd put him <laughs> oh, above geez. Dante Hightower. Um, I, I'm okay. not a big I'm not a big Dante Hightower guy. I I think he's a guy. I think he's a dude. And Patriot fans may be blowing a gasket right now. Oof. He's great. He's better than Fred Warner. No, no, he's not. I, I like I said, he's a big bodied linebacker. Congratulations. Next. Good pass rusher, made plays in big moments, but I don't think he gets in either. Uh, we have a pair of Vikings linebackers, Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks. I think Kendricks is a lot better than Barr is at this point, uh, but I threw him on here because the Vikings had a good run on the defensive side of the ball, but I don't think either of these guys get in. Yeah, no. Um, we have an interesting comment. I, I don't mind this comment from Christopher Henry. Yeah. Uh, Deion Jones. Yeah. I like Deion Jones. Me too. I, I think he is – a. He's a notch below Darius Leonard, but Deion Jones shows some things. I like him. I, I'm not sure if he's there yet. Like, I got to see some more impact stuff. Yeah. But I don't know. He's interesting. That's a good name. For sure. Uh, I, I thank you for participating and throwing it out there. And if we miss anyone, feel free to throw it in the comments and we'll, we'll give you our take on it. Uh, secondary now, uh, I'm just going to throw it out. The first four on this list, Richard Sherman, Patrick Peterson, Tyron Matthew, and Jalen Ramsey are all future Hall of Famers. Yeah, I, I know if you ask Arizona Cardinal fans, Patrick Peterson may not be their favorite player, but to the outside world, Patrick Peterson was pretty good for a long time. I, I like Patrick Peterson. So I, yeah, I got all four of them in. Yep. I, I think that, you know, those guys are the biggest locks here. And I, I think, you know, guy further down on the list is the next biggest lock, but we'll get to him in a second. Uh, Chris Harris was uh, probably the best corner on a Super Bowl winning team in the, with the Broncos. I know Akeem Tlaib gets a ton of credit for that, but I think Harris was the better player. Uh, he's had an interesting career. I think there's a, there's, a, there's a strong case for Chris Harris. Man, Chris Harris. Not a name I was expecting to hear <laughs> for Hall of Fame. Uh, not that he doesn't deserve it. I, I like him. I just don't know if the numbers are going to be there. Because sometimes you got to look at the numbers. When yeah. you don't have a beat writer for your team, and I know you get a representative. Like, a guy's going to go in there and go to bat for him. Yeah. 
I just don't know if he's going to have that guy go to bat for him. So I'm going to say no on Chris Harris. That's a good point because now the next guy does have numbers, I think, to back himself up. But also I think he's incredibly flawed as a player overall. Uh, Marcus Peters has a ton of interceptions, has a ton of touchdowns for a, a, a guy in the secondary. But he also gets beat deep all the time because he's always quarterback spying. Marcus Peters is an interesting uh, story here. A poor man, Jalen Ramsey. (laughs) (laughs) Marcus Peters wears out his welcome awfully quickly wherever he goes. Yes. Um, He's a hell of a player. I like him. His interceptions might be there to get him in. I'm going to say the numbers are good. The numbers are really good. I'm going to say Marcus Peters gets in. I think the numbers are going to be kind to him later. Uh, Darius Slay was locked down for the Lions for a long time. I don't think he had a very good year for Philly, but uh, Darius Slay, I would love to hear Leon's thoughts. I mean, what do you think of Darius Slay? Because you tell me the name, I'd be like, yeah, I could see that. He was really good with Detroit. Really, really good. But he went to Philly. He played against some of the better wide receivers with Dallas. And a lot of times you didn't see Darius Slay on tape. And I think that hurts his case. It's, you know, playing the Detroit helps your case because that's such a dumpster fire, but you get to go play with, you know, Philly who's better defensively and, you know, you kind of disappear. It hurts. I, right now I'm leaning. No. Okay. Yeah, I think you think you're right. Uh, Tredavious White, Bills fans absolutely love this guy, and he is a stud. He is locked down. Uh, I think the numbers also help him, too. I think he's got great stats. He's a good tackler, gets a ton of interceptions. I think Tredavious White is on that path to become a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I think what's all said and done, he's going to be in, and he's going to be mentioned among some really, really prestige company. Yeah, uh, Marlon Humphrey of the Baltimore Ravens, Marshawn Lattimore of the Saints. I don't know about Humphrey, and I know he's damn good, but Lattimore seems to shut down some of the best receivers every single year. So I, I don't know, but he, he, there's a really good case for him because every week guys struggle against him. Yeah, I'm man, Humphrey I like, Lattimore I'm not so high on, but the Saints secondary is really, really good. Saints yeah. defense is quietly really good. I mean, that's yeah. not a bad Saints defense. Not at all. I mean, if they had better quarterback play in the NFC, you know, against the Buccaneers, they're the ones probably going to the Super Bowl. Um, God, this is tough. I'm going to say no to both. Look, you could do what I've been doing for a lot of these Saints too early to tell if you want, because that's I think a lot of that's fair for a lot of these guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to say it's too early to tell, but on the other hand, it's just like yeah. I got to figure who they're playing with. Yeah. I, I I don't think Lattimore is a guy you avoid. Um, okay. I, I don't think Humphrey is either. Tre'Davious White. Pretty soon, guys are just going to stop throwing to him. Yeah. Like he, he's just going to shut off one half of the field, and that's it. It's over. Um, yeah. The kind of like Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, and it's okay to say no because we don't want to put every single person on this list in the Hall of Fame. I think the Hall of Fame still needs to have some prestige to it, which is why I think the next guy is a lock because he won Defensive Player of the Year as a player, as a quarterback for the New England Patriots. Stephon Gilmore, I think, is a lock just like the first four guys are. Yeah, I like Stephon Gilmore a lot. I, I think he gets in deservedly so. Yeah, uh, when you win Defensive Player of the Year, when you're you know in a world where pass rushers typically win it or you know interior defensive linemen, depending on uh, who you are at, Look, Stephon Gilmore is just an absolute beast. Uh, and then I put Earl Thomas question mark because he's not retired, but he's not on a team. 
So I would put him here because technically he's active. And look, when you think of the Legion of Boom, I think of three guys. And it's always going to be Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, and Earl Thomas. And Earl Thomas was just as important as those other two guys. I have a hard time leaving him out. Oh, boy, Cam, Earl Thomas, and Richard Sherman. Earl Thomas is hard because I have a feeling it's going to be one of those sad endings for Earl Thomas because if he played longer, I think that helps his case. But this last iteration, that broken leg, giving Pete Carroll and the Seattle Seahawks the bird as he's being carted off the field, um, when that's your team and that's the lasting image that you're going to have of Earl Thomas in Seattle, you know, are people going to remember that? Um, obviously, Seattle fans are going to remember the Legion of Boom. Yeah. What does outside of Seattle remember? And I think it's going to be that middle finger. Um, I'm going to say no to Earl Thomas, and that hurts. That that uh, hurts a lot. That might be the most surprising one for me because I, I definitely think he gets in. But you're right. There's some other stuff out there that might prevent him from getting in. Uh, we have a suggestion, and I, I think he gets in, but uh, we have a suggestion in the comments from Christopher Henry again. Jamal Adams, which I'm surprised I left him off because he fits the criteria. He's played in the league for longer than three years. Uh, Jamal Adams is going to have sack numbers at the end of the day. So, um, you know, what do you think? Jamal Adams kind of a box safety though. So, you know, he fits in the Cam Chancellor category for me. He's better than Cam Chancellor. I can say that. Um, Watching the tape, Jamal Adams is in a league of his own. And yeah, I think Jamal Adams gets in. He may end up with the most sacks for a safety in the, in the last 30 years. Yeah, Jamal Adams, that's, thank you for the suggestion. I, I mean, I missed I, – I totally uh, put as many names on here as I could think of. So, you know, like I said, if I missed any, feel free to shout them out. Uh, and, you know, the criteria within, you know, three years or more. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, look, we, I think we put a lot of guys in the Hall of Fame on this show, but I think that just shows how talented the league is right now. Uh, and it's a testament to uh, a lot of these guys. And we'll see what happens. I think so often we're, we, we talk about how, you know, this guy's the future Hall of Famer, and I'm glad we did this segment. Well, Randy, where are the kicker and the punters? Yeah, look, <laughs> Justin Tucker is about it. <laughs> I mean, is Adam Vinatieri still active? Because then he'll get into. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. We all know kickers and punters are not football players. Yeah, I don't even consider them people, to be honest with you. So, uh... <laughs> yeah, screw those guys. <laughs> all right. So before we say goodbye, Matt, free agency starts next week, and uh, I wanted to just do a little trip down memory lane and discuss some of the best and worst free agents that our team has signed. Now, I want to ask you, do you want to go down the happy road first or the depressing road first? I mean, down the depressing road, the list is too long for me because there's been (laughs) so many of them. Um, Let's go down the happy road first. Okay. So uh, I don't know how many you got, but let's hear some of the best uh, bears free agent acquisitions over the, you know, in your lifetime that you could think of. Okay. Well, definitely Julius Peppers is probably the best overall. Um, I I love Julius Peppers. Um, Thomas Jones is another pleasant surprise guy that the Bears were able to pick up an instrumental part to that offense in the Super Bowl run. Um, You know, I I like guys. um, God, I'm going to forget his name. Um, Fred Miller played one. John Tate, another happy offensive lineman free agency. Fred Miller and John Tate were both guys that I love to see on the Bears sign. Um, do you want to do your happy ones now, or do you just want me to go and stick the knife in my heart? Well, I'll do the happy ones. We'll split it up, and then you can do the sad ones, and I'll end with my sad ones. Uh, the Giants are 
pretty much Jekyll and Hyde in free agency, like most teams are, I would say. Uh, most of their good free agent signings came before they won Super Bowl 42. So you're looking at Antonio Pierce, who they got for a six-year deal. Uh, that's a great – still the best middle linebacker they've had in my lifetime. It was absolutely huge for them. Uh, they also signed Sean O'Hara, which was the center for Eli Manning's career, like first eight years of his career, who was a really good player for a long time. Uh, but the best one, well, the, okay, then you have Antro Roll, which is the second best acquisition that I remember. Antro Roll was such a huge signing. He was so big in that second Super Bowl run for the Giants, and he was he was the leader on that defense. With even with Justin Tuck, he was the guy that was really outspoken more so than anyone. But the best free agent signing for the Giants, and it's not close. I remember where I was. I was in middle school in the library. Plaxico Burris, I thought it was like the coolest name of a player. And I was like looking at watching his like highlights when, on, on, when I went home. Look, the guy, we don't win the Super Bowl without Plaxico Burris. And mm-hmm. Eli Manning might not ever turn into the quarterback he became without Plaxico Burris. As good as all those other signings were, Plaxico, I would argue, is the most important and best free agent signing the Giants have ever made. That's a good list. Yeah, Plaxico yeah. was good. Oh, it's God. time to get depressing, Matt. <laughs> oh, God. Um, all right. You know, let me just shoot. Um, God, I want to say Rick Meyer, but they traded for Rick Meyer. God, um, Cordell Stewart was a big name, and I loved Cordell Stewart as a player, but it just never worked out for the Bears. Um, that one was pretty bad. Brian Cox, the middle linebacker. Once again, middle finger guy. I, I just – I, I, I never understood the hype with him. I, I thought he was pretty bad. Um, geez. Moosin Mohammed was oh, supposed to wow. be this wide receiver that changed the Bears offense. And then he famously said, Chicago is where wide receivers go to die. So fuck you, Moosin Mohammed. <laughs> um, you piece of shit. Um, yeah, what I mean, a savage, bro. He's still he's right. <laughs> oh, get the fuck out of here! No, Alan Robinson seems to be doing just fine. Thank that's you. That's one. That's one. Yeah, Jeff Graham had a good run. Who? Jeff Graham. <laughs> that's a made-up name. Really, Jeff Graham's a made-up. Him and Curtis Conway were both one-thousand-yard wide receivers for the Bears. Thank you very much, Randy. <laughs> insults i mean quarterback position i could god jeff george we signed jeff george uh, sorry chad hutchinson caleb haney well no he caleb haney was an undrafted uh, free agent that they signed oh god and then um god who's the other quarterback jonathan quinn and this is so, so many this sucks i don't want to do this anymore <laughs> Maybe we should end it on the happy note here, but <laughs> uh, all right. Some of the worst for the Giants. Uh, CC Brown was a safety they signed, who they really had high expectations for before the intro role signing. Was a huge disaster. Always got beat all the time. Uh, really hated that guy. Brandon Myers had a random great year for the Raiders at tight end in 2012, and the Giants yeah. were like, "We want him to play with Eli," and he was just absolutely terrible. Um, and the, the two worst are recent signings, and I might have revisionist history here, but the Giants signed Brandon Marshall uh, after he had a decent run with the Jets. was an absolute disaster with the Giants in 2017. Uh, didn't even have a touchdown, I believe. I think they went 3-13 and with Marshall. He was a mess. Uh, him and Odell did not click well together. Him and Eli did not click well together. That was an absolute 
just absolute disaster of a signing. The worst one of them all, it comes courtesy of our guy, Dave Gettleman. <laughs> he gave Nate Solder so much money to be a franchise left tackle, and he is terrible. Uh, he opted out for the COVID situation, which I don't care about that necessarily, but they paid him as if he is, you know, the second coming of Orlando Pace. And his best days were behind him. He was already 33, I believe. Just the worst. And offensive linemen are hard to just plug and play. And Nate Solder, I think, tops the list for worst free agent signings for the Giants. Yeah, I mean, that's um, it's a pretty good list. I'm surprised you didn't mention your boy that just got cut. Golden Tate? Yeah, it's bad. I try not to think about it, but it's bad. Okay. And here's the thing. Like, they obviously signed Golden Tate to make up for somewhat of the Odell Beckham Jr. trade. And I, so in my mind, I include that in there with the Odell Beckham Jr. trade. So to me, this is why the Giants don't win the Odell Beckham Jr. trade. Is you, you acquired a guy to make up for that, and it's a big failure. So uh, Golden Tate was a big mess. And, yeah, one of the worst signings, definitely Golden Tate. Uh, but Nate Solder takes the cake on that. And you know, they, so much so they drafted the left tackle fourth overall in the draft last year. So it says everything you need to know about Nate Solder. All right. Well, that's a lot of the show for us here, Matt Bushnell. Um, you know, we have a ton of shows under the Life Group umbrella. Why don't you tell us about them? But none of them sing like we do, Randy. So <laughs> on Wednesday, we have the Step Back podcast, I believe. Leon, Jacob, if either one of you can confirm. I know you went Friday. I believe it's next week. I think on Donk City last night, Jacob said it was next week. Okay, so next week. All right, so Step Back is next week, not tomorrow. So adjust your calendars accordingly. The Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast with Corey Richmond and Jason Brooks. I've, I've watched it. I like it. Um, Matt, a lot of things to talk about. A lot of heat to go around for AEW and WWE. Sure. The Revolution pay-per-view was bad, and Monday Night Raw did not disappoint in their horrific take to outdo them. It was really bad on both. Then, on Sunday, we have our Total Basis podcast with Sean Flannery and Felipe Melicio. It's getting good. Baseball season's warming up. Two weeks left of spring training. Well, I take that back three weeks, well, depending on how you look at the calendar. For us, it'll be two weeks coming up pretty soon. Mm-hmm. So we'll say two weeks left before baseball really gets rolling. And then Dong City comes back on Monday after their bracketology of interesting baseball movies. It's the uh, GOAT baseball movie bracket, Matt. Gotta get it right. The GOAT <laughs> baseball movie bracket. <laughs> it, it's a struggle. It is a struggle to say, um, and the winner shocked me. I'm not going to spoil it. If you haven't watched it, watched it. Um, I don't necessarily disagree with it, and I don't necessarily agree with the winner, but it was interesting. So, And then we will be back two weeks from today. All the free agent signings are going to be done. The Chicago Bears, Bear Down Chicago Bears, will have Russell Wilson in the fold. We'll be giving up our next four draft picks our four first round draft picks. We will be the team to beat in the NFC. Fuck Brady. Fuck the 49ers. Screw the Giants. Dallas, New Orleans. We don't care. It doesn't matter. We've been beating Matt Stafford's ass for the past five years. No one cares. The Bears with Russell Wilson. And we'll be back to report it all in two weeks. 
two weeks later, Matt Bushnell's crying because <laughs> Russell Wilson signed an extension with the Seahawks. Anyway, uh, yeah, so if you're, a, if you're a fan of this show or you like me in particular, uh, go check out Dong City. I was on last night to help decide the greatest baseball movie ever. Uh, keep in mind, I'm millennial, so I, I have personal preferences like everyone else. But uh, I had a I like to say that I had a little bit of a say in the winner there because I voted for the eventual winner, and I, I'm proud of that. So – uh, it is one of the greatest baseball movies ever, and I think it could have gone in multiple different directions, but I think we got the right outcome. And like I said before the show, you could have done that bracket a few different times and you could have come up with, you know, four or five different outcomes. And, and the final four or three of the final four will be there uh, regardless. So uh, it was a lot of fun. I appreciate those guys on Dong City having me on and go check that out if you have not done so yet. And go watch all those baseball movies. It's a great if you're bored and you're quarantined or whatever and you want something to do uh go check out some baseball movies we have a, a great chat over there too but uh matt this is uh this is it for us we're gonna be back in two weeks on football life presents the audible thank you guys for joining us and participating we we greatly appreciate all of it and we greatly appreciate your comments because the you know matt i don't know if you're following they're giving us a lot of good stuff from their best and worst free agent signings from their favorite team henry said we should do a whole show on that which i think is an interesting uh idea which we might have to move forward with that in the future yeah uh, i would love for fan participation uh, you know shoot us some messages we're on facebook you yeah. guys are on facebook tell us your worst and best free agent signing and we'll read them on the air yeah maybe i'll even make a post about that look at that uh all right yeah r.i.p.g baby as henry says uh and r.i.p big on this day 24 years ago the greatest rapper of all time passed away so r.i.p christopher wallace the goat Matt, I don't want to hear your argument, but wherever you may be, however you may be listening, thank you guys for making us a part of your day. I'm Randy Hammond on behalf of Matt Bushnell saying it's all good, baby, baby. We'll see you in two weeks.